What is going on? Welcome to the Land Podcast. This is Jake Hofer, and this week we have a great episode with Slade Priest, who is from Southwest Mississippi, has been in the land space for a very long time, and currently buys in Missouri, owns ground in Mississippi, and just a wealth of information, has done a lot of deals, has seen a lot, has learned a lot, and he's sharing some of those lessons here with all of you here today. And we're talking about how anyone can own ground. It's all about prioritizing and make it happen. And uh, Slade started with basically um, a house trailer and 12 acres. That was his first deal. And now he owns almost a thousand acres across the country. So a uh, great person to learn from. I hope you guys really enjoyed that uh, conversation. And before we get into this one, just wanna say a couple different things. Man, holy cow, you guys are buying a lot of ground. So I've been I've been adding to that list of 100 pretty rapidly here. So want to say thank you to everyone that's reached out. If you are one of those people and you haven't done so already, hunt me down, send me a message, and I'll be happy to add you to the spreadsheet because the goal of this podcast is to help 100 people buy their first piece of ground. There's three ways to be in that realm. Number one, if you're in the state of Illinois and I can help you and you're in my area of expertise, I will help you. Number two, if you want to get connected with someone in your area that you're looking and I know an agent over there, I'll be happy to connect the two of you. If there is someone that I don't know over there, I'm not going to just Google someone and send them to you. I want to make sure that it would be someone I would personally do business with. And number three, if you simply just learn something from here, say, hey, I learned something really helped me out. Let me know. And that's uh, that's the fuel that goes into this podcast engine in order to keep it going. So that is really it for now. Be sure to head over to Exodus Outdoor Gear, check out the render, check out the new arrows. That's what keeps this podcast powered and rocking as well. So be sure to check those out. And uh, we have some pretty special pricing on the render on our website. So it is for a limited time. That's all I'll say. Just head over to our website, check out the pricing and take advantage of it if you are looking to get a reliable camera for this upcoming season. That is it for now. Hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Slade. Until next time, here we go. All right, Slade, welcome. Welcome to the Land Podcast. How's it going today? Doing fine, man. Doing fine. It is a beautiful Monday in southwest Mississippi, and it's finally not raining right now, so it's a good day. It, it got all sent up here. Yeah, we had a, a ripper come through here. I uh, top-dressed some food plots this weekend, and they've got a very good drink, so that's good. So um, getting right into things, take a second to introduce yourself, who you are, what you do for a living, and uh, you mentioned, was it Southwest Mississippi? Correct, Southwest Mississippi. I am Slade Priest, the hunting land man. Uh, for any of your audience out there familiar with outdoor TV or whatever, we, me and a couple buddies of mine had trained Assassin Television on the Sportsman Channel uh, for seven years. Uh, had a really good time with that. I was working in the real estate business during that time. I didn't, I wasn't smart enough and I was too young to realize what outdoor TV was doing for my real estate business. You know, I'd have somebody call me on a Monday. Hey, Slate, I watched you shoot a big buck last night, Sunday night. Uh, I want to go look at that hundred acres you got listed. And, you know, and, and, and we had rapport because they felt like they knew me already off TV and right, wrong or indifferent. You know, you get a, uh, you know, people respect you and they know, you know what you're talking about because they've seen you on TV. Mm -hmm. But, um, I took that and uh, so I've been in the real estate business 16 years now. I work and I'm co-owner of our United Country office in uh, Macomb, we're Southern States Realty. Uh, we've been the number one United Country office the last 11 out of 13 years and they're, wow. they're winning right now for this year. There's only one problem with United Country and that is I've been the number two agent in the country the last two years, but we are on pace right now to win. So uh, hopefully I love we that. can... Uh, we can continue to do that, but um, been real fortunate. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough to be a, a top producer in terms of volume in Mississippi. I'm sure dirt's a lot cheaper in Mississippi than it is necessarily in other other parts of the country. So you got to move a lot of dirt, I'm sure, like tons. Yeah, we uh, yeah, my number one competition is in California, so uh, I got to sell 100 acres for his one. <laughs> Makes it more challenging. But no, sorry, right. uh, you, you were still talking about uh, a little bit of who you are. Yeah, so, um, you know, about four years ago, uh, you know, Realtree and United Country merged. And that was actually mine and a buddy of mine that was working at Realtree at the time, Craig Fitz. That was our baby. Um, we kind of started that company, Realtree, United Country. It is a division. It is a division off of uh, United Country. It's basically, uh, you know, we can use uh, the Realtree logo. We're a, license, a licensee of Realtree to, uh, you know, because, look, uh, I don't kid ourselves, you know, uh, I used to work for Mossy Oak Properties and uh, Whitetail Properties has a good name. The only thing United Country missed, was missing was, uh, you know, that that deer antler, that cool factor that people want to put on their hats and their truck, which means something in today's society. So we started that. We started a show on the Realtree 365 app when it launched called um, Hunt United. And basically, we were hunting on listings and with the other real tree land pros across the country. Real fun. Enjoyed it. Uh, our team just kind of changed up a little bit. And so this spring, we started uh, Hunting Land Man TV. And uh, we launched um, we launched on YouTube. And now we're on Waypoint TV. Going real good. Uh, we got a new episode coming out Wednesday. Uh, and if anybody's not familiar with Waypoint TV, whenever you plug in your smart TV, one of those apps on there is Waypoint. It's free. You type it in, and it is a linear channel. And what that means is on, you know, on Tuesday nights at eight o'clock, Bone Collector comes on, just like the outdoor sports presenter Fox News. You know, it actually has. And then they also have an app you can watch stuff on demand. So really cool platform. It's where TV is headed. Digital, of course. Uh, and they actually have a place, a great, a great place to put podcasts and stuff on too. We've been talking about putting on our podcast, our podcast, Hunting Landman podcast, on there. But um, basically, what we're trying to do with the TV show is um, educate. Uh, and basically, same thing uh, me and Jake are going to do on this podcast today. I think is to take our buyers and not, you know, I think Whitetail Properties has done a great job with, you know, they have uh, Whitetail Properties TV. But, you know, if you watch it, it's still a hunting show. It's kept from real estate, but it's still a hunting show. We're trying to make Hunt and Landman TV a real estate slash hunting show. Uh, for instance, if we came up there and hunted with Jake, I would want to hear all about the area. Who buys here? Why would you buy here as opposed to somebody else? Why does this area cost more or less? You know, just it's almost like a, a road trip. You know, we're going there and we're finding out. So we're doing that a lot about area we're doing land improvement, something Jake and I plan on talking about a little bit. Um, we've got a series in the TV show. Oh, my dog. He's making too much noise <laughs> up there. And anyway, uh, that's that's red. And um, we've got a, a series on the podcast and on the TV show right now talking about the Missouri Project. And what we're doing with the Missouri Project is I, me and a partner of mine started buying ground in Missouri and North Missouri two years ago. And uh, buying and selling, using our brains. and flipping into some um, bigger properties and uh, we've been having fun doing it. We enjoy doing it, but it is a, a business, you know, we're, sure. we're making money off of so it. So why Northern Missouri? Um, that is a great question because you can do it anywhere. Literally, you can do it anywhere that has a good market. We hunted up in that area for a long time. Uh, Harrison County, 
uh, up by Bethany, 100 in Albany a good bit, Sullivan County over towards Kirksville area, all in that area, Milan. Uh, and we got comfortable up there. Uh, actually, my father started buying some deals and being that I'm in real estate, all of them, I got I looked at all of them. And, and, and then I started following all the agents up there, uh, following their social media, their websites, really educate myself about why something sold for more, why it sold for less. And um and then finally, a deal came across my desk and said, all right, we're going. And uh, we're one, two, three, five, six. We're six properties in right now. We own three. Mm-hmm. We've sold three. Wow. Uh, so when, when was that first property of the three? Uh, it was in 20, late 2019. Let me see. This is, 20, this is 2022. 20, it was in 2020. Let me see. Wow. I think we bought it in October of 2020, which was right before everything <laughs> went crazy, which worked out real good for us. Yeah. So, and I think for anyone, I just pulled up Harrison County. I mean, that's kind of uh, just across the state line of where Iowa is uh, really renowned for a variety of reasons, you know, big deer, big tracts of land. And so- Yeah, look, that's Iowa, Iowa buck right there. Holy smokes. Yeah, that's a giant for anyone that can't see it or listen to the audio. So that's really interesting. Um, and so one other question I kind of had here is you were, you've been in real estate for 16 years. And then how did you make the transition from doing real estate and obviously then start starting to do a, a television show or being part of a television show. Did that come pretty natural or was it, or do I have this well, time, we were timeline doing, a little off? We were doing uh, the outdoor TV stuff. I've been doing it my whole life since I was 15. I had a buddy of mine that works for Hunter Specialties, Hal Hicks. Uh, and uh, he had one of the big green and yellow trucks and traveled around the country with Hunter Specialties that we all grew up watching. And um so I always had an interest in it and did a lot of shows with uh, a lot of other companies over the years. And then, uh, we started playing with doing a show on YouTube at the time, which if I don't know what I know now, we'd have never left YouTube. <laughs> right. Um, and had a hundred thousand subscribers by now. But anyway, um, the, um, w- w- so we started, uh, training the size and television and let me see, we started, I had been in real estate a couple of years already, but was kind of doing it part-time. I was doing a couple of deals. I had a wildlife consulting business and was managing a couple farm stuff like that. And, and I was also flipping land at the time too. I started buying, the year I got out of college, I was doing a little outfitting business. So I'd gained a little capital and I started, I bought 12 acres in a house trailer. And since then, I don't know, 20, 25 deals that I flipped into, I bought, I own 130 acres where my house is. And uh, that I bought that land, it was two thirds paid for the day I bought it because I flipped in 1031 into that land. So Yes, at that time, five years ago, I couldn't afford to go out and buy half a million dollars worth of land, but I had been rolling that snowball of 1031 money for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And it was my goal. In 07, that was my goal to do that. Uh, so that first piece you bought was in 2007? Uh, the first I bought in 2007, 12 acres and a house trailer. And uh, the uh, I flipped probably 10 properties and then ended up buying the place that I own now. Uh-huh. So let's walk, let's go to ground zero. Uh, deal number one. So 2007, uh, you just graduated college. And you had an outfitting business. Is that correct? Correct. You're, correct. You're just salivating to, to get your first deal or what, what was that like? Well, um, you know, I'd had a little capital. My family had bought and sold property on both sides of my family forever. So this was normal for me. Uh, it was 12 acres in a house trailer. Uh, I can give you the numbers. I bought it for I remember it. Uh, I bought it for forty-eight thousand. I sold the land for sixty-five and the trailer for twenty-three, and still got some of the minerals under it that can be severed in Mississippi. And I actually get paid on the minerals a little bit every year, so it was probably pound for pound as good a deal as I've ever done. Yeah, that's crazy. So when okay, so how long did you have that parcel? Sixty days. Oh, geez, so it's quick turnaround. Quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, uh, to tell your audience out there, you know, you make and you know this, Jake, you make your money on the buy. 
Uh, it doesn't matter what you do. You make your money on the buy. And, you know, being in the real estate business, I'm always representing clients and I'll be up front with them. Look, if I buy it, I mean, I plan on fixing up and selling it. So in, for instance, if I go look at this 200 acres over here and I tell somebody, I say, if you do this, this, and this, you can get, you know, this much more money. And they say, well, like timing, I don't understand how to do it. I don't want to do it. I say, okay, well, if you want to get rid of it right now, I mean, I would be interested in purchasing and do X, Y, and Z to get, you know, to get a higher value. And you got to remember, sellers aren't always motivated by price. Timing is a big issue. Ease of the transaction. A lot of times, if it's inherited property, there's a, or there may be a bad or good social, I mean, you know, family thing inherited that, that, that they don't want to deal with. Look, I'd like, if I can get 75% of my money, be done with it and be easy slave, I'm good with that. And that's okay. You know, you're giving, you may be helping somebody, you may be their savior for doing that, even though you're making money off of it. And, um, sometimes people just don't see the value. Like, uh, you know, for instance, my family's in the timber, timber business. So if somebody, um, you know, maybe doesn't see the value in the timber or see the value in the recreation, if a couple of things are done or if it was split up in a certain way and, you know, you, you can make your money between the ears by using your knowledge. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. So when you, uh, what'd you roll into the, for property number two, after you sold uh, the 12 acres in a house trailer? Let me see. I sold 12 acres in a house trailer. I believe the next property was 110 acres. If I'm no, no, excuse me. Sorry, it was 20 acres that connected to the Home and Center National Forest, which is a huge seller in our area because you can take a property that connects to the National Forest, a guy can have power, water, a food plot or two, and then hunt all the public ground. You know, it's so it's a guy that doesn't have a lot of capital can hunt big. So I did that and uh, did that and it, um, it uh, went real good. And uh, then I bought 110 acres. Um, sold it before I ever, I think I did close on it, but I sold it really fast. Uh, I've actually, that guy has called me since then, want me to sell it for him. We didn't actually go through it with it yet, but he's called me about talking about selling it. And really after that, I think you know, it gets kind of cloudy, but I bought 135 acres and I bought 200, no, 337 acres. I bought a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got that. I still have snowballs going down here right now. I own um, uh, 167, a 43, and a 284 that are all flip properties in Southwest Mississippi. Um, you know, and I bought them, I kind of, this may help your audience. The 43, same thing. A guy called me about listening it and Slade. I said, okay, I can get you this, this for it, but you got to do this, this, and this. He said, well, look, all I need to do is get X out of it. I said, well, I'll give you X. And he said, done. And this guy's in the land and timber business. He just wanted, he had another project he wanted to work on. So I gave him that. So as soon as it dries up, we'll get that one on the market. The 167 is an interesting story. Uh, it's right down the road. Um, I had a 200 acre, a little over 200 acres right, right here by my office. The, the lady wanted me to get sold. It was kind of a harder sale. Uh, the neighbor wanted to buy, but the neighbor had to sell an 80 acre track and 167 acre track. So I had a buyer for the 80. I sold the 80. I said, well, look, I'll buy the 167 and sell it for what I got into it to make these other two deals work. And, and so that's what I did. Now we've got another asterisk on there. The best deer I got on camera right now is on that uh, 167. So hopefully uh, we'll get him killed before we get it closed. It's and down here, you know, di different, different ball game down here. This deer is probably 145, 147 inch 10 point, which is a hammer down here. Mm -hmm. You know, a really good deer, just a big, pretty framey 10. And um, the guy who had at least last year sent me some pictures. He actually had pictures of him last year and he grew about 10 inches. So. Wow. Yeah. So 
I mean, you've done it. So let me ask you this. So you, you kind of got started right before, obviously, 08, 09. W- walk us through that process in terms of what was the general chatter? What was your psyche going through that? Just walk us through that time frame Because I think, obviously, you're saying 08, 09 in Nepal in the real estate market. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're in Southwest Mississippi in our little area. Now we're an hour north of Baton Rouge, two hours north of New Orleans. That's where all our buyers come to buy cheap land and play. We're still good deer hunting. Our population's good. We, you know, for, for the South, we have pretty darn good deer hunting. Um, and we're a rip, where I live is in Wilkeson County, which is a river county, just like Pike County, Illinois, or Pike County, Missouri, right there on, on, the, on the river, on Mississippi River. Uh, so we've got some duck hunting, good turkey hunting, stuff like that, good timber. And in 08 and 09, we didn't see a big, like it was not, somebody had to tell me, hey, we're in a real estate downturn. We didn't see a big fall off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only real, like it's always good in Southwest Mississippi. We're always good. Uh, but the last 30 months have been like, for instance, in, um, let me see, this is 20, in 2020, my goal was to sell 25 million in real estate. I sold 54 million. Wow. And, um, I th- and then last year we did 57 million. And right now we've closed 56.7 and we've got another, well, if we close what we got pending, we'll be at 84 million on the so, I mean, it's just, That's it's, insane. it's been great. Yeah. Um, and, and we, we, you know, we're learning all the time how to be better. I've got, uh, we're doing the TV show, which I think is, it's going to be really big. We're just setting ourselves apart from the competition about, you know, educate and getting our buyers in becoming a source of information. And, um, you know, a lot of the episodes we're featuring one of our properties and maybe we sold, we listed or, or an area, for instance, St. Francisville, Louisiana, it's West Feliciana. Uh, parish. We have parishes in Louisiana, not not counties. So West Feliciana Parish is a really sought after area. We did a whole episode about why you would want a ground in West Feliciana. What does it sell for? Where are the buyers coming from? How you and West Feliciana in particular, why you could get your wife to the camp more, which in turn means you get you to the camp more because it's they got nice restaurants in that in that town in St. Francisville. They got Annabellum homes, cool things, cool coffee shops, stuff like that. And uh, we're doing one in Natchez, Mississippi. And uh, we're, is, I think the next episode is, is Natchez. And so like Natchez, I just happened to a couple of years ago, killed a, a good deer with my bow in Natchez. And so on the episode, it'll be a, a good, um, you know, a good deer kill. So it's hunting, but it's also a lot about the real estate process, how you can do what I've done and buy and sell land. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody talks about me and you talk about on the phone. Slade, I'd never be able to afford a piece of hunting land like you got. I just, man, I just totally disagree. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you've got a pretty good job um, and you're able to, to be smart and, and use your money right, uh, not dr- not drive every $70,000 vehicle that comes out every other day. And I, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. I don't do that. Uh, you know, my truck I drive most days has 329,000 miles on it <laughs> and my other one has 190 on it. But uh, so, you know, I've always been, I take every extra dollar I got and I put it in land. In fact, the only money I have in my in the stock market is uh, for my IRA because it saves me on taxes. If not, it would be in land. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a whole other podcast there that I, I know just enough about <laughs> to get in trouble. But so what I'm saying is I practice what I preach. I believe in dirt. You got to be smart about it. Now you can listen to Jake's podcast, my podcast, and and literally on YouTube and 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 podcasts. There's so much information. All you have to do is educate yourself. You can 
you can find out more in a month on on these shows and and podcasts and things like that than you could find out by reading 10 books mm-hmm. you know in that month and, and the education's out there then you got to do your research pick you an area get on land watch or another third party website that you can say okay and do you know do you some research get on your own x or hunt stand and look around why is this selling for more why did this do more get in touch with an agent tell them what your plans are um, you know, hey, I want I want to use you as my agent. I need you to help educate me and, and talk about some deals and things like that. And that agent, if they're smart, you know, they know that as your portfolio grows, so does their business. And, you know, and, and agents like myself, you know, if you get somebody that helps you, you in turn want to help them. So you want to see their business do better because it's doing better for you. So I say that to say, if you want to, you can, you know, uh, and you don't have to start big. Like I said, uh, let's do some math real quick. I mean, my first deal was forty-eight thousand. Let's call it fifty, which twenty percent down would take ten thousand dollars to put yeah. down. You know, ten thousand is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but if you know you can do you can do a fifty thousand dollar deal relatively. Are you and a buddy can come up with five thousand a piece? Do a fifty thousand dollar deal and just keep snowballing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not familiar, your listeners with a ten thirty one process, you know that's where you defer taxes. If you buy a piece of land for fifty and you sell it for seventy five, that twenty five thousand dollars. It's taxable gain. If you sell it in less than a year, it's at your, you know, it's at your tax rate, say 40%. If it's selling over a year, you know, it's at long-term capital gain. But anyway, you can 1031 tax-free exchange that and be a hundred percent tax-free. Now you need to talk to your your CPA and your yep. person about this to make sure you qualify and all this, but most of the time you do. And um, and anyway, so if let's just say you were getting you were going to be taxed 30%. So every time you flip, you're making an extra 30% because you're not having to give it to Uncle Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really it's a really cool way to build wealth. It's fun and rewarding. And if your goal is to own the ultimate piece of hunting property or income producing farm or whatever it is, it's a pe- achievable. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's achievable. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, you know, like someone out there is uh, getting fired up and they want to buy that first parcel. You mentioned, you know, pick an area. So in your mind, what is that to you? Is that within, let's say someone is kind of on the fringe of uh, a metropolitan area. Let's say they're on the suburbs. Let's say they're, you know, in a more expensive place uh, in terms of real estate. And there's places like where you're at, where it's, you know, how, how far was it from uh, Baton Rouge? You say oh, we're an hour from Baton Rouge. Okay. So let's say someone's from Baton Rouge. You're like, okay, I want to be within two hours of my house. Is that a good frame of reference or is it an hour? Like, what are what are some things that you would tell someone like, hey, these are some mistakes that I see other people make that call me. Try to avoid these and uh, save yourself some pain. Um, I, I think one mistake people make is they try to get the cheapest property. And we're not looking for cheap. We're looking for value. If a property costs 5000 an acre, but everything around it is selling for six, it's a good value as opposed to, well, I bought this over here for 2500 and those are crazy numbers, but difference. But, um, you know, find out where, like, and, and I've seen this in different markets where I've hunted and traveled to. So, like, St. Louis. They all come up uh, just north of St. Louis to Pike County, Missouri, and Perry, Missouri, right up in that area, across the river from Pike County. They all can drive there in an hour, 90 minutes, something like that. You know, so that's a big deal. Typically, I'm not saying everywhere, but typically where you're good, if, if we're talking about hunting ground recreational hunting ground there's going to be like the farther you get away from those metropolitan areas usually the price starts coming in and the demand because what happens is you pick your up your kids from school at three on friday and you're going to try to get on the stand by four 
Well, you have to be an hour or less away to do that. Um, also, what's big, and I learned this from my clients, Sunday afternoon hunt. You go hunting a Sunday afternoon, you get off the sand at six. You got to get to stand, get to camp, turn the breakers off, turn the water off by seven. You know, if you have, if you're gonna be home at nine, mama ain't gonna be happy. If you can be home at seven thirty, eight o'clock, you know, from the camp, mama's happy, and you can get up and start Monday rocking and rolling and not affect you. What happens? People buy stuff three or four hours from the house, and they'll, God, you can't hardly hunt on Sunday afternoon. Get home at eleven, get kids fed and in bed, or yourself and fed and in bed, and then be productive the next Monday. So I, I, I think. Sometimes that becomes a problem. I'm not saying these properties three and four hours away from the metropolitan areas aren't good properties, but in my experience, you know, there's a reason why the demand is higher closer to these metropolitan areas. Mm-hmm. Do you see those areas appreciate faster too than some of the more yes. rural markets? Things go up faster. Uh, the demand's higher, um, easier to get rid of. You know, if, look, and, and one thing, this is a good point. If you buy 10 properties, and you make money on eight of them and break even on two of them, you're winning. You're not going to win every time. Now, I've never lost money on one, and I'm aggressive about buying. I've never lost money on one. I've had some that I kept longer than I wanted to, which is a lot like <laughs> losing money. Sure. But, uh, you know, um, if you leverage right, and you don't want to buy and say, I've got to sell in, in six months. You know, you, you need some kind of income on it, timber, or just be financially good enough. You know you're good on these properties. Um, you know, and it's a, uh, it's good to buy in areas it's easy to get rid of. And if you do get stuck with one, you know, you can sell it for a, and not, and, and recoup most of all your money. Um, I think that, uh, you know, buy, buying in an area, of super high demand, like we're talking about is super important. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously I think there's two forms of that too. There's uh, neighborhoods that have, that are known for, you know, top end quality of animals mm-hmm. or really good neighborhood of, of a managed area. I think that's obviously one desired area. And then to your point, another desired area is, you know, within an hour, you know, under that hour mark of a major metropolitan area where there's a pool of potential buyers. Would you agree with that? Yes. Um, you, you made a good point is if you can find less than an hour and a half from a metropolitan area and find the, the country club of area where everybody's (laughs) growing big deer, you know, I talk about areas, Hey, you know, this is an area where you can send the picture of a big four-year-old 10 point tell your neighbor you're passing and they say, okay, you know, we are too, you know, and whenever, so deer hunting has changed when you can show that to a buyer and say, Hey, look, you show them these pictures right here on the phone. You know, these are deer that they're killing. This is the kind of stuff they're letting go. Look, when you move into this area, now if a kid shoots three-year-old or something, that's not a big deal, but these people, they're trying to grow giants and giants is relative to where you live, you know, of course. Um, and, and if you can get in those areas, yes, because they're going to have, if a guy's got 500 acres right here in a lodge, he's going to have a buddy. Man, if you ever find 100, 200 acres by you, I'd sure like to buy. All you got to do is call that guy and he's going to be looking for his neighbor. He's going to sell it for you. Great point. So you got to, you got to be in the ears of those landowners and areas. So you find out about those deals before everybody else does. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. So you mentioned, you know, you, you've never lost money on a deal, which uh, obviously you've had to hold some longer than what you think, but walk us through like your due diligence of, okay, um, this deal comes across your desk. Like, what are you using to qualify that parcel? And I know, and let's just use Missouri, for example, because I think mo- most of these listeners are more so in the Midwest and the South. Mm-hmm. So um, in Missouri, I've got a couple of good agents. I work for uh, Luke Mitchell with Salt River Properties. It helps us a lot. Andy Boyer and Jason Courtney. 
uh, with Boyer Land Company. They help us a lot. There's a lot of good United Country agents that I bounce ideas off of. Fred Bennett, Tony Nelson, some of those up in that area. Uh, Luke Mitchell uh, with United Country is a, is a good friend of mine. He's also was a cameraman for Train Assassins. I'm going elk hunting with him in two weeks, so we do a lot of stuff with Luke. Um, really, you know, when I look at a deal, first of all, if I get the feeling that I would like to own this property long term, somebody else is going to get that feeling. It's like when you look at a place and like, oh, I like that. There, and, you know, you always look up at the black eyes of property. So the less black eyes it has you know, how it's shaped or the neighborhood or something like that. So check those off the list. Compare it. I'll get on Landwatch and on everybody's websites. Hey, what's this stuff selling for? I know enough about it because I've, I've been looking at them enough. And, and I'm not just looking at them when I'm intentionally looking. If I'm rolling through my social media, all those agents are on there. So if I see some 80 acres, Lynn County, hmm, my property's better than that. You know, you pay attention. If he can get that for that, I can definitely get that for this part. Um, you know, so we're trying to definitely make money on the buys, but it doesn't matter where you are. Every area has got a price stuff, buys and sells for, and and typically somebody's going to be pricing something under the market out there. Uh, for instance, the property that I'm looking at right here in front of me is mm -hmm. a CRP map on 334 acres I bought in uh, Lynn County, Missouri. Um that agent, to each their own, not picking on anybody, but that agent uh, had the only only marketing he had on that piece was Luke saw it on uh, Facebook Marketplace. Oh, there wasn't no land watch. There wasn't no nothing. And it was a picture of this map, not a scanned <laughs> copy. It was a picture of this map. Oh my and so we heard the numbers. Oh, man, we need to buy that. I sent Luke up there the next day. Uh, we, we wrote a contract on it, and we had to see it. We had like four days to come see it. I sent Luke up there the next day. I did not get to go look at this big old million dollar plus piece of property. Luke went up there, flew the drone, uh, FaceTimed us, and I felt comfortable enough because I looked at enough maps up there. Plus, I trust Luke. I said, all right, let's do it. I actually looked at it for the first time two weeks ago uh, when we went up there and planted food plots. And you mentioned earlier, you were top dressing. So I'm guessing you'd planted your rape and brassicas and you went back with some weed or oats or something. Yeah. Yep. Some rye here. Yep. And so I planted a bunch of soybeans earlier and real wide rows and went and planted a bunch of rye. Okay. And it's cereal rye. Yep. When do you see that cereal rye up there? Did they turn onto it earlier, later? What is your experience? Uh, it's probably the, in the beans I planted probably a week and a half earlier than what I typically would. I was just antsy and I saw the rainstorm coming. I was like, oh, I got a 50 pound bag. I'll go throw it out there. Um, I mean, honestly, as soon as it starts, I mean, plant it really thick and it's really tender green and they just hammer it for a really long time. I would say in October where I'm at, it's one of the primary food sources, at least on one of the farms, but it's, it's just a good, sustainable green food source basically throughout the entire season. So that's, and it, it's a lot of tonnage. <laughs> I'm North central, North central Illinois. Okay. So North central, I got you. Well, um, it's interesting because, you know, it doesn't matter where we go and we hunt and when we hunt everywhere, we always learn something to take back to where we were and what we could do better. And, you know, of course we bring things with us too, because we've mm -hmm. learned a lot in the South. Uh, there's a lot of ryegrass planted straight, regular, like a tetraploid rye down mm -hmm. here, a little bit of cereal rye is planted down here. But um, I was looking at some of my cell cams uh, from Missouri a while, a while ago and you can, I got one field that the turkeys are wearing out and I can see the green starting to come up real good with uh, my food plots, but I wish I was out there right now to go oversee them because the turkeys look like they've worn out a lot of the seed. Oh yeah. That's one good way to tell if there's turkeys in the area, go, go seed your food plot and you're going to find them real quick. Mm -hmm. and they can 
uh, they can do a lot of damage. But um, in terms of you know some of these some of these things too, like you, it sounded like you rely pretty heavily on agents to find these kind of oddball deals that aren't marketed on a on a major syndication. On in, in Missouri, yeah, I got a couple okay. of guys, and we take good care of them, and they know no matter what they're going to get paid, and you know we're going to because I'm an agent, you know, man, so I know yeah, I know how the game works, if you will. Now down here um, in Mississippi, you know, I'm. I get, I just get to hear about so many deals and, and, and talk to so many people, you know, um, I get to hear about a lot. Um, you know, my main source of income, of course, is, is selling, you know, as an agent. Uh, and then, you know, we're using all the capital we build through doing that to buy different land deals. And, you know, every, every land deal has a different goal. So my goal with a couple of, I've got the 284 acre piece I own not too far from my house. I did a pond on it. I'm doing turning some into pasture and cutting some timber. My plan is to sell that piece as a freemium piece probably next year. And I'm rolling that money. I'm going to have about four or five more flips with that money. I've got about 640 acres, three miles from my house that I won't buy. And I, it can be bought. I, I know the landowner's land not for sale, but it can be bought. And I would like to 1031 into that one day, you know, with it's, super expensive piece of land but it will be very nice three miles from my house i hunt the ground beside it now and uh and then so my plan is to have it mostly paid for by the time that uh, i flip into it then pay it off then take a line of credit out on it to continue doing flip deals you know down the road uh so in missouri we have a different goal so we're flipping ground up there uh, it's kind of a retirement plan. We want, of course, we want a really bad to the bone hunting farm one day, but we want that really to bad to the bone hunting farm to be in an area where we have a lot of high-end cash rent farms that we can, you know, we have other farmers doing, of course, but we we can go hunt a little bit on them and, and take, keep an eye on them. Of course, we want a nice hunting place and a little lodge to, uh, to go stay on when we're up there. But the main goal is to have a bunch of properties, high-end cash rent farms paid for by the time we retire you know, by flipping these other properties as a form of, you know, mailbox money retirement. You know, if we can find these farms we're making four, five, six percent on, by the time we retire, what kind of percentage is it going to be a lot higher? And then uh, I go sit in my lodge and, and pick up the money out the mailbox. Yeah, that's what everyone's dream. So, and I think that's something that I've talked to a lot of different people that have similar strategies. I think that it's so obscure to what most people are trained for, like, you know, like uh, put away for that 401k, like, that's how most people think. And then you're so passionate about dirt. P- pitch me on this. Let's say I'm, I'm a guy and you're not, you're not trying to change my mind, but tell me the benefits of what that strategy is. Obviously, and, and, and to add another caveat to this is people like yourself and people who are very passionate about land, you're going to see the highest point of return wherever you are operating. So that is, I think, probably the magic uh, of that is like you're operating. You're the one that's finding these deals specifically, you're the one that's improving them. Mm-hmm. You have expertise in that and you're operating where, um, you know, like a 401k and this <clears throat> not financial advice. I mean, that's just, it's the market and the market's not always bad, but I guess, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I trust land. Um, you know, here's the deal. Everybody who's going to, for the most part, I've educated, first of all, I've educated myself on land, how it works, how you can make money off of things like that. If you sit out there and educated yourself about how to position yourself in the market, well, that's where you need to be. You need to be where you feel comfortable with. Um, now, most people, friends of mine included, oh, well, I just go give it to my financial advisor. He's a professional. I'm going to give him 30000 a year for the next so many years, and this is when I'm going to retire. That's great. 
Uh, you know, that's putting a lot of faith into, you know, that guy and into the financial system. Um, you know, they're, they're not making any more uh, dirt that the that financial system is just a bunch of numbers on the screen. And I'm sure that it'll probably be fine in 30 years when we retire, but uh, that we're always, not, the population's growing. We're always going to feed people. We're always going to house people, timber, food plot. I mean, um, soybeans, <laughs> corn, you know, we're always going to have to uh, feed people. And um, I just, I understand land. I know how to make money on land. And in my experience, nobody financially can do, uh, you know, I can't give somebody a hundred thousand dollars and what they can do, what I can do with land with the same hundred. Cause the way I operate, if I got a hundred, I can borrow 500 and, uh, you know, and then I'm just leveraging. Now it's high stakes gambling. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I understand the risk return and things like that. And I'm, I mean, I'm in the land business, so I'm practicing what I'm preaching. Uh, everybody's level of risk is different. Mine's always been super high, uh, but I'm pretty particular about what I buy. I've got an eye for this. This is what I trust. And I trust Slade more than I trust me giving my money to somebody else. And hey, at, the, at, at the end of the day, the good Lord, uh, you know, he, he, I feel like he's going to look after my family. He's done that thus far. And if, and if one day he decides I got to lose money on one, I've made money on a lot of them. So it's okay. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the deals that go really well. So like, what are some of those things that have in common? So you, the, the main thing having common is you buy, right? Uh -huh. I mean, a hundred percent of the time you, you buy, right. And, uh, you know, the market sets the price. You're not just cause you bought it and you want an extra hundred thousand dollars for it. That don't mean nothing. You got to buy it right. And then there's a couple of ways you can force value. Uh, just looking better, a property looking better. These days, a turnkey aspect. The world has gotten busier and busier. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, kids, every kid seems like they play 150 baseball games or 47 golf tournaments or swim meets. The world is busier. So, so turnkey is huge. You know, somebody says, all I got to do is load my gun and come plant food plots. I'm in. The camp's there, the food plots there, you know, the road's there, whatever. Uh, so that's a, a huge uh, benefit. You know, just cleaning up and looking nice really, really helps sell, help sell a place. And knowing what people look for, for instance, um, stuff by National Forest, public ground, that's huge. So if you got 100 acres by the National Forest and you can uh, buy and make five 20-acre tracks, you know, 20 acres is going to sell for more than 100 acres, especially if you set it up. You know, so just little things like that, subdividing, uh, making it look better. Maybe it's a piece of farm ground that has been let go. Uh, that you can do a lot of improvements with to make that income come up. So you took a property that has no income, which I'm doing on a piece of Missouri right now, zero income, and all of a sudden it's going to have $40,000 worth of income. How much did you just increase the value of that farm? Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's things you can do, but you have to be educated about what those things are. You know. Mm -hmm. So um, what about, so when you say buy right, is that 5% under the market, 10% under the market, 20% of the market, in your opinion, 50% of the market. I mean, like, what, is, what does that mean? Well, the more, the better, of course. Well, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I mean, 50% would be, I think, an extreme <laughs> good situation. Um, you know, typically, I'm going to say if you can buy 20, 20 to 30% on the market, that's good. Uh, usually, you have to pay an agent 6 7%, you know, whatever it is. Now, down here, I'm the agent, so I'm paying me, which yeah. is fine. Um, but you got to calculate that in. Um, if you're not in real estate, you better find you an agent. And, 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 I, and, and I know everybody thinks they're the best negotiator and stuff in the world. But listen, 
you go into the doctor's office and the doctor tells you, you need brain surgery to listen to him. You walk into my office and I'll tell you how to sell land. You need to listen. This is what I do. This is what I'm passionate about. This morning when I'm on the way to work, I'm listening to how to negotiate better, how to structure deals better, how to set up systems and processes that make your property sell for more. You're not doing that every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to sell it without using an agent. I'm going to save a little bit of money. And you might one time, you might two times, but if you take them across the board, unless you are an outlier, which you may be most of the time, the agent, I'm not talking about every agent. I'm talking about the top agents in their field. Um, If I was picking an agent and I didn't know anything about real estate, I would call the local MLS board or the local realtors association or RLI or something like that. And I said, give me the numbers of the five people who sell the most in these counties. I'd call them and I'd grill them all because, you know, just because they sell a lot doesn't mean they're a great reputable agent. But in order to get to the top agents, you better get on the top income because the guys, you know, the guys who sell the most, usually one of those guys are going to be the guy you want to work with. Mm-hmm. So what are some, I guess, so draw a hard line in the sand, just as a general rule of thumb, it's 20% of the market. Like if someone right now, they're thinking I, I have, I have 20 grand saved up. I want to go buy my, my first 40, 160, you know, thousand dollar property. Do I need to try to get 20% under, under market or I guess well, what's well, your value return? Let's, 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 okay. Let's say if you're getting 20% of the market, let's say you're, okay, you'll make 20% on your money. Um, and if you're in the flip business, you only flip these properties in less than a year. All right. Let's say your average flip time is a year. Let's just use that as a gamble. So you're making 20% on your money in a year. All right, so half of that would be 10%. It's very few places you can go put your money and make 10%. Um, and so, so we're talking about making double that. So, you know, there's very few places you can go give your money to make 10% right now. So if we're talking about 20%, double. And if you slept for less than a year, we're talking about an even higher percentage. Um, so if you can buy 20 to 30% of the market, that's a good deal. And, you know, that brings up another good point. Base hits, base hits win ball games. You never go broke making a profit. So if you get a deal and you know you can make 10%, like, like oh, this is a no-brainer. I can make 10% this this safe deal. Do it. Um, I bought uh, 67 acres about 15 miles that direction a couple of years ago. Had it for 90 days and made 30 grand. That's not a huge profit, but it was 90 days. Simple, easy, and it's 30 grand. And, you know, 30 grand is still 30 grand no matter how you look at it. You know, you got to look at risk versus risk reward you know if you're going to buy borrow a million bucks you know making 30 grand ain't ain't a whole lot off of it you know so so you got to look at risk versus the reward um and as you do it you'll get a feel for it so if you put a property on the market and it's 90 days and you hadn't just you can tell how much activity you're getting on you're not liking what you're seeing you're getting a little nervous take a profit move on like that's the game you know uh if you're never going to broke, go broke making a profit. Hogs get slaughtered and pigs get fat. You know, it's a um, just just don't get greedy. Don't get emotional about it. The numbers, man, just go with the numbers. Like people, you have to remove yourself from the situation and not get emotional about it. Even though I know it's your hard-earned money, you're putting them to it. Don't get emotional. Don't matter if you like the buyer or don't like the buyer or the banker or whoever involved with it. You're there. For your goal is to make money. So if you're making money, make the money and move home. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. What about, do you have any great negotiation tips? Any, because uh, <laughs> I mean, just, just from raw yeah. amount of deals, yeah. like you've learned some tricks, learned some one-liners, um, knowing well, how to this find what, leverage. So in any type of real estate, mm-hmm. if I'm buying, if I'm representing you, if I'm buying, selling, whatever, I know the numbers better than anybody. 
If you come in, I'm going to know the numbers. I'm going to make sure I know the numbers. If I don't, by the time we talk next time, I am. So uh, you know what the comps are in the area. If somebody I say, hey, look, I already I text them to you on the way over here. There's the comps. Uh, so you can justify what you're saying. It's not just a pie in the sky. There, there's a reason you came with it. You need to tell your buyer, look, this is the reason I came with. So if you're providing them with the right information, buyers don't buyer, buyers can't expect you to sell your property to less than what it's worth. And you shouldn't expect a buyer to pay more than it's worth. So where do we come to? A fair deal, which you figured out was a fair deal before you bought it. So you're gonna you're gonna always end up where you needed to be because you're providing them by the right information. For instance, if I'm listing a piece of property and we think your property is worth 100 grand, uh, well, I like to put about 10% of negotiation on top of it. And my goal is to end up at appraisal value or uh, right above appraisal value. Uh, because of course, if somebody's financing, it's got to appraise. Um, and so I'm coming, every time I come to a deal, I'm looking at it from an appraisal standpoint. For instance, Southwest Mississippi, Dirt costs this much, timber costs this much, this area costs this much. Boom, there's your number. Same way an appraiser goes to it. I mean, I've talked to my appraiser this morning that does most of the deal, and we talk all the time. Um, the In Missouri or any Midwest state, bottom ground, highly tillable with this CRA rate, rating, is uh, this ground is worth this, timber deer hunting ground is worth this, you know, this county is worth this, there's your number. So if you bought it right, provide the right, right information, the property sets its own value. You're just providing information. Be know the numbers, be a good, um, you know, be a good information provider. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great. And so when you say that too, are you off? Let's say you're representing me as a buyer. You pull those comps, and we submit off an offer. And do you explain that in your offer to let's say someone else has it listed? And you're like, hey, this is our offer. Here's what's reflected of it you'll find that it's a pretty fair deal or do you just let them do that? A lot to do with the agent I'm dealing with. For the lack of a better word, some agents are idiots. Those are the hardest ones. Your good agents are easy because they price their property right. They know the comps just like you do. And you say, look, Bill, you know, here, you know, you know, that track's going to appraise at 3250 an acre. So, you know, I, I think we're giving a fair market value or whatever. And then, you know, you're going to end up right there. Somebody who, I, I did a deal this morning, not did a deal, I had an agent, I know the property well. I sold the three properties that connect to it. So when they posted it, I looked at it this morning. I did all the numbers and I took the highest comps in the area. It's a big track and it was $1.4 million, um, $1.4 million over, over price. Whoa. And yeah, and I'm sitting there thinking like, I don't understand because not, so the agents that don't know the facts, like if your agent will just list it for what you tell them to list it for, you pick the wrong agent. Like, like I tell, I, I've got a seller that I'm working with right now. We did the contract their property at full asking price. I didn't eat my words a little bit, <laughs> but so I'm okay with that because they're winning and, I, and my obligations to them. Uh, but the, I'm not telling you what I want, what you want to hear, Mr. Seller, Mr. Buyer. I'm telling you the truth. If you want me to tell you what you want to hear, you're talking to the wrong guy. I'm going to tell you the truth because that's what you paid me to do. If you go into a attorney's, um, a doctor's office, let's say a doctor's office, and he says, you want me to tell you what you want to hear or I'm going to tell you the <laughs> truth? Hey, you got cancer or, or no, you don't. Get, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you want to hear the truth and you're paying me to tell you the truth, not to tell me what you want to hear because I'm the expert in the field we're dealing with. It's so funny. People with their financial advice, uh, with their health care, with their attorney work, they all go hire professionals, CPA, hire professionals. Well, real estate is usually the largest asset you're ever going to own. 
and you're not going to try to hire a professional and you think you're smarter than that person, that's just, you know, I think it's kind of ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue that, uh, especially mm-hmm. when it realistically, if you're buying or selling a farm, that's probably the most money you've ever, you know, biggest transaction regard bigger than the house, bigger and, than or, or your, yeah, or even your house, you know, if you're, yep. if you're selling a quarter million dollar house, you know, it's probably one of the largest transactions you ever did. And it's it, what the problem is, is there's so many agents out there that just because it's so easy to get your license that a lot of them aren't true professionals. And that's where the negative. Oh, my my sister-in-law, she's an agent. I'll just use her. Why? Because she took a 90 hour course and got her little certificate, you know, for sure. So what do you what do you think's in store in the future? What's your gut feeling? What's your uh, gut check of the recreational land market? in the next year or two? Well, I thought that we were coming, if you'd have done this three weeks ago, I'd have said, we're coming back to more of a normal, which we almost needed to. We couldn't keep doing this. But the last, see, right now, we're getting into our busy time. Hunting season's getting here. People are starting to see, you know, Tennessee velvet season was this weekend. A lot of big deer getting posted. Mississippi velvet season is September 16th through 18th. You're about to start seeing a bunch of elk pictures. People are scrolling through their social media, their newspaper nowadays in the mornings or Instagram or whatever. And uh, they're seeing this, they're thinking about deer hunting. All their buddies can't go golfing or fishing with them this weekend because they're going to plant food plots or going to get to camp ready. So their brain goes to working about deer hunting. We're starting to see that. I'm seeing a lot of the good listings go pending and get sold, which supply and demand, our prices are going to continue to go up. So I still think we haven't seen the end of the COVID bump, mm-hmm. um, which Hey, that's that's great. Uh, market in Missouri in the Midwest is the two markets I pay attention to the most. Uh, you know that that those markets seem to still be going really well. Um, anytime the stock market goes plummets and stuff, people are just they're unsecure about what's going on in Washington and with the market. And so I think that they feel like, hey, high net worth individuals, they say, you know what, I may better make eight percent in the market one day. I don't feel good about it right now. I'm going to buy a piece of hunting, a farm ground or a piece of timberland ground and grow my money like that and be a little more safe. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah, I, what I say all the time, you've never killed a deer or caught a fish on your stock portfolio. Facts. Big facts. Yeah, I mean, there, there is so much more value to that, too. It's like you get how much enjoyment out of it. And mm-hmm. let's say, uh, you know, land appreciates at 6% and the market's at 8 or 9 I mean, if that's your passion, that's what you love doing. And, and I think, you know, anyone entrepreneurial – you're going to find your biggest returns are wherever you are actively working on. I mean, I just think that's, that's mm-hmm. part of America. Like if you are good at something, that's where you should be focusing. So like, if you're truly passionate about land or, or following things of that nature, well, you probably should put, you know, more eggs in that basket if you're comfortable with mm-hmm. it. Right. And you need to, you need to go where you're comfortable. I tell my friends all the time, Slade, Slade, tell me, uh, you know, they're telling me, I want to, I want to get into flipping land like you. Well, you got to bring more to the table than money because there's, if we, one thing we've learned during COVID, there's no shortage of that out there. Good Lord, they print it every day. So you got to bring some value. Uh, like my dad and my brother are in the timber, timber, gravel, and, and logging business. They have equipment. They bring value. Uh, you know, I, I'm in the, you know, land selling and flipping improvement in the marketing business. You know, I, I, I bring value. Uh, I have a buddy of mine that's an attorney. He can buy properties with title issues and fix them. He brings value that nobody else does. So you got to bring something to the table. Honestly, if you don't bring, you know, there's a certain dollar figure and it's probably above, uh, above five, six. You got to bring a bunch of zeros to the table to where your money just matters because, you know, you can, you can, it's no, you can borrow a lot of money, you know, 
you only had to put 20% down. So if we need a couple million bucks, you know, we can get a couple people, we can get it together. Uh, so you got to say that you got to bring more than money to the table and an idea that you want to make money. Did you, you know, did you, are you bringing some sweat equity? Did you find the deal? You just can't call an agent and say, Hey, I want to flip property and make a bunch of money. Like if I called you right now and said, Hey Jake, um, next time you find a piece of land, you know, you make a hundred, 200 grand. I'm in, I'll buy. <laughs> well, well, I guess you will. You yeah. Know? yeah. Anyone with a pulse, <laughs> myself <Yeah>. included. <clears throat> yeah. That's, that's definitely uh, very interesting. So do you partner on deals? What's your thoughts on yeah, that? So I do. Um, oh, you know, I have to be, I've got to be comfortable with the people. Um, you know, I have uh, my dad, I partner with uh, a good bill, good on land. Uh, my real estate partner in the other room, I partnered with him on a good bit of ground. And then Ryan Wascom, which was on Train Assassin Television with us. And he's been on all the shows with us. Uh, me and Ryan, we are, our company in Missouri is called R&S Land Company, Ryan and Slade. And uh, the re so the first deal that came across my desk, I could have bought it by myself, no problem. But Ryan hunted with me anyway. And so I said, you know what? If you're interested, let's just do it. And so we do it. Uh, one thing I've learned, which is a cool thing, is being a far away from home, uh, neither one of us have looked at all the properties we bought. What I mean is every time we bought one, only one of us looked at it because of timing. We both have families and kids and other jobs. So you know, hey, I can fly up there and look at it. I can drive up there and look at it. Or I went and looked at this, or I found this deal. So there's strength in numbers there. Now, you better trust the person, mm -hmm. you know, a million percent. You know, I trust Ryan. Hey, if you think it's good, let's roll with it. And same, because he's a trustworthy person. Um, but, you know, you be very careful about that. Um, and and Ryan and I, neither one of us are real greedy. So, you know, we're that, that makes it easy. And something else, you know, uh, we both bring our strengths to the table from a, um, we both bring our strengths to the table from, you know, when we go and improve land, Ryan's really good with equipment and working on stuff and, and, and land and things like that. And I, and I, I'm decent, but Ryan's better. Uh, and of course I flipped more ground and know more about the real estate side than Ryan. So it's, we, we complement each other good. Yeah. And I, I want to be respectful of your time, but on the deals you've had to hold longer or weren't base hits. What went wrong? What well, was there? Is there a common denominator, or is it like unforeseen? I'm say that, know? I'm gonna I'm gonna say that even the ones that I, I didn't do as good on oh, were still base hits. Sure. Uh, but like, I'll tell you a bad deal, and uh, uh, I bought uh, 156 acres loaded with deer and turkeys. Mississippi. Uh, yeah, Mississippi. Um, Dixon Creek. Uh, we filmed some. Uh, <laughs> I actually filmed a three-legged turkey get shot on it. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Uh, Sold the property, did good on it, uh, made a good return on it, and, um, but it took me three years, you know. So if you divide that return over three years, it wasn't as good, but it's still, it was still a, a good deal. Um, what went wrong um, on that one? It had an easement going to it, and you know, there. I don't know that that one. That one actually, that's a big question mark. Some of them, for some reason, they just don't sell. One of the other bad deals, it took me three years to sell. I bought 337 acres. I had 65 acres on one side of the road, made 75 grand on that side of the road immediately. So when the rest of it, I broke even on wow. and held it, held it for that long. Um, it just was not as a desirable area and the property had a funny shape. And so it just it was one of those things. Um, but still, still a good deal, you know, still probably better than money that I could have made because you remember, yes, you're paying interest on it, but Let's you, you let's use this for example. If you're buying a hundred thousand dollar piece of property, it means you got to put twenty thousand dollars down. You know, if, if you had to put twenty percent on, all right. But let's say you make you only make twenty five thousand. Well, 
you'd say, oh, well, I may uh, spend a hundred and made you know, 25%. Did you really? You really cash made on cash. Yeah. Cash on cash, man. It's a, it's a leverage thing. And I know some people are funny about financing things, but you know, with your, with your 25 grand, you can't buy, you know, say you buy five acres with a hundred grand, you know, you can buy, you know, whatever, you know, a lot more, 25 acres. Uh, so you can, you know, and take those numbers if it's a million, you know, you can do that much more. So, um, Money, even though interest rates have gone up, money's still cheap, mm-hmm. very cheap. And you just have to feel you got to be comfortable with what you do. And don't ever, you can't come into this thinking like, and you're going to be a millionaire in one deal. And you've got to be smart about what you do. You know, um, we live in a society right now that people won't, they want it now. I want it now. Well, well look, anything worth anything takes time. You know, I didn't buy 12 acres. And I think right now, how many acres I figured up on the other day, Jay, uh, Caleb? No, a little less than a little less than a thousand, and and you know that's if I divide out interest I have in places and stuff. Now me and the bank, <laughs> but um, but it's all I, I started with twelve acres in the house trade, and you can get there. You know, keep flipping, being smart, educating, and look. There's nobody hungrier about learning how to be a better negotiator, how to market properties better, how to improve properties. Nobody hungrier than me. I mean, I love it. I love. I'm passionate about it because I've got expensive taste. I want to grow big five-year-old deer in Southwest Mississippi. I want to go to the Midwest and, and you know, when 145-inch deer walks by the first day, I say, you know what? I own this one. We're going to wait on the booner. You know, I'm not there right now, but, you know, one day, one day I want to be there. Uh, and, and, you know, speaking of that, this is funny. You know, people see me on Outdoor TV and kill bunches and bunches of, you know, what I consider big deer. And I've killed a couple over 170. And, it still does like sincerely a 135 inch five-year-old deer. And my first day in Missouri walks by me, he is getting smoked. <laughs> and I don't care. I don't care if you think I should have waited or not. It makes me happy. And I yeah. don't care what you on Instagram, you know, have to say about it. If it's a big deer and it makes you happy, shoot it. We, be- we become like keyboard war. Now I believe in shooting big old mature deer. Don't get me wrong. But if you're a licensed hunter, and you're on a place that you have permission to hunt and doing it legally, shoot what you want to. Now, if you're a grown man and you've shot a hundred bucks, shoot something bigger than a two-year-old. You know, but 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 if you want to, that's your business. But sure. I say that, you know, it, it doesn't take it doesn't take a booter to make me happy. If me and you go if Jake, if me and you go on a hunting trip and I shoot a 145 and you shoot a 185, you're not gonna be any happier than me. I just <laughs> you know, I I go for the hunting experience, you know. For sure. Yeah. No, uh, there's there's a lot of truth to that. Um, I mean, I think we covered a lot here. I think some really good advice. I would say if you if you could summarize kind of what we said here to someone in in one, I don't want to say like one sentence, but like one thought of someone that wants to go buy their first piece of ground. They're scared, hung up, and they just need one level of reassurance. What would you say? I say if you educate yourself right in order that you can buy right, let the numbers do the talking. It's a mathematical formula. Tracks to ground like this one sell for this. I can buy it for this, but you know, I can buy it for 75, 75% of what it's worth, you know, 25% of the value. Let the numbers and you this is how you do it. You you, you say I'm buying it 70% of the value. If I figure that properties and all this information is available. Properties stay on the market an average of this many days. Figure up the interest for that many days. And, you know, and that includes how much time it takes you to get in good shape to sell, get it on the market. So that's where they, if you, you know, if you got to pay a 6% interest rate and you got to keep it, you know, you figure 6% if it's going to take you a year to sell it. If you do those numbers and they work, well, that's all you can do. 
mm-hmm. you know, and then put the rest in God's hands. But uh, if you educate yourself and buy right, you'll be fine. That's good advice. Well, um, where can people find some? I know you're doing a ton of content, but where can people uh, where, direct people where they can find you? Uh, I'm on all social media, Hunting Land Man on everything. You've got Hunting Land Man TV, Hunting Land Man on Facebook, and then we've got uh, Hunting Land Man on Instagram. We're probably uh, most active on Instagram, but we're active. We're, we got them all. Um, uh, Caleb, what time does the show come on Wednesday? 9.30 p.m. on Waypoint TV, new episode this week. Uh, and they'll replay some of the old episodes on Waypoint. They're all available on YouTube a week after they come out of Waypoint. We're hunting land man on YouTube. Just or type in Slade Priest on YouTube. You'll find it on there. And uh, we're educating. Uh, if you go find us, hit subscribe. Tell us what you think, what you'd like to hear episodes on. And uh, we're constantly, I think our next, one of the next two or three episodes we put out is going to be episode Cribs, like MTV Cribs. We started with my place. Uh-huh. So we went to my my house and we we uh we parked the buggy and the truck out in front and everything and we went into my house and we did creos in my hunting my hunting place and then we're gonna do clients of mine because if you're like me and you want the ultimate hunting farm or in my case a place where I can hunt and raise my family you want to see what people are doing you know yeah. and, and so so I think that's gonna be a cool series we did a, have you seen whitetail cribs before on YouTube I actually, I actually did I uh I was looking on there I didn't realize that was y'all that was y'all yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah, that yeah. So uh, yeah, I can tell you it does really well, and I and people want to see what's going on and how how I people do, live. When we were when I was researching what we did, that's what that's what we were doing on. But that's so one cool episode we're gonna do is I sold sixteen hundred and forty four acres and it's straight raw, very little improvements right now. And we've started filming since before it closed, and we're gonna take it into the ultimate deer duck turkey fishing farm with a big lodge right on the banks of the mississippi river hills and bottoms so it's, that's, it's pretty awesome that's really cool well yeah i'm gonna check out the waypoint show and uh really appreciate you taking your time i know you're a busy guy uh to share some of your insight and i encourage people to go check out what you have going on well thank you jake i appreciate it and y'all have a blessed day there you guys have it. i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and next week we have a guest from wisconsin that has built a really impressive land portfolio pretty quickly and uh, he's sharing his advice, how he would do it, and uh, and how he is doing it most ultimately. So be sure to check that out. New episode on Monday, Labor Day. We're still gonna be putting it out. I know uh, hopefully you have the day off and can enjoy it with family and friends, but in case you're working, we're still gonna have an episode here for you. So until next time, hope you guys have a great week. See ya.